What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ask Assist P. So this is a, a complimentary show to the other side of the firewall where we talk about the latest and greatest of cybersecurity news, as well as we showcase those uh, people of color who've made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. So please tune into that show as well. Uh, but this time, I have a special guest. and We're doing things a little bit different. So typically, I just talk into the void when it comes to uh, Ask Assist P. You ask me a question, I just try to answer the best I can. But this time is more of a uh, Q&A and I have a special guest. So if you could please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Tish. I am a recent uh, cybersecurity bootcamp student uh, slash graduated student now. I just obtained my CISA Plus certification um, with zero tech knowledge or IT background. That's awesome. So uh, if you could uh, share with us, what is your previous experience? Um, so I do have a technical aviation degree, which has nothing to do with tech. I did graduate from Vaughan Aviation um, Technical College, which is in Queens, New York. Um, this was eons ago. I'm not going to tell my age. Um, but after that, I decided that I wanted to become a pilot. And um it took me quite a while to get there. I, I am a student pilot. I still train whenever I can find uh, the money or the resources to do so. Uh, I have a couple hours under my belt. And um, I last worked as a flight attendant for United Airlines. Okay, that's awesome. And that, that is exactly what people are doing, right? Like It seems like the trek to cyber, uh, it has many different paths. So with that being said, what, what brought you to cyber? Okay, so <laughs> funny story. I took a year off from work because I was starting to feel the effects of having to go through 16 different personalities in one day. I kind of sort of got burnt out a little bit and I decided to take a year off and spend some time with my family, just get back into like the normal things. Um, and this happened to be 2019. <laughs> By the time I decided to return to work, hey, the pandemic hit. <laughs> right so you know it took me a couple of months of staying at home doing little uh calls on a job little knickknacks here and there and it really gave me the time to sit down and reassess my life my responsibilities directions things that I wanted to do and I wanted to opt for a lifestyle that allowed me to still have the flexibility that the airline industry gave me and I also wanted to work remote or work from my laptop anywhere in the world because I do generally still have a love for travel and I plan to travel. Um, and one day I was just browsing online. I found an ad for cybersecurity and I probably went down like a rabbit hole for three days. And when I say a rabbit hole, I meant like I was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on my bed and you know, taking really brisk showers to run back because for the first time in a long time, I just found something and I was super fascinated about it and I just couldn't let it go. Right. So then that's awesome. I, and I found, that's how I found my boot camp as well, um, which mm -hmm. is for scholars, by the way. And it's a non-for-profit organization, great industry, great teachers. And the best part about it, it was free. And that's exactly what I needed at that time because I didn't have the $14,000 that Ruckus was charging and I didn't have the 2100 for a five-day boot camp that I saw elsewhere that I know I was not going to succeed with at all. Gotcha. No, that's that's awesome. Like, especially that you found that opportunity because a lot of people are spending a lot of money uh, or they believe that they have to have um, uh, a graduate degree in cyber to get into cyber. So I, again, that's a misnomer, right? So it takes people from all, all over the place. Yeah, in, in some ways. In we'll, some we'll ways. get there. <laughs> because they, they did do a really extensive background search for a minute i'm looking at the requirements list that they sent me and i'm like am i, am I working for the feds or something because a whole 10-year background check i mean i'm clean right but um they they really do have a, a very thorough vetting process um so uh, that made me a little bit secure going into that type of um boot camp with that that particular school right. as well that's awesome so um, what are your interests? Like what, what sector are you thinking about going into uh, when it comes to cyber? Uh, without a doubt, no after le within, within less than 15 weeks, I already knew that I had 
the, the genetic built up concept of, uh, and I, I quote, and I quote this, a badass pen tester. Okay. That period, that's gonna be me, that, that's <laughs> me, without a doubt. Um, I do also know, I can say this after being in the industry for such a short time, I do have a tremendous respect for the industry. I do um, have a really, really tremendous respect for OSINT and what it stands for. And I really do believe in advocating for a safer place for us, for our future generations and um, sharing knowledge as well. Right. And that's, that's exactly what industry needs right now. So like we, we talk about all the time, there's a million vacancies and we need people who are passionate and people who want to learn. Uh, and then we kind of throw them through through the ringer, like, oh, we want you to have all these certifications, and all this stuff. Um, and that's kind of more new school cyber, because at one point before it was, um, uh, I guess, mainstream, before people really knew what cybersecurity was, mm-hmm. the colonial pipelines and the ransomwares and all that stuff, it really wasn't just about people who were excited about it and wanted to to, to learn more, right? It, it's all about that that passion to to discover and to learn. And like you think, uh, you, you're like, you're like, I need to absorb this information. I need to find a way to get into it. And, that, and that's, that's awesome. And then now you're on your way to being, like you said, a, a badass pen tester, right? <laughs> that I am. <laughs> so what, what's, what's next? And uh, in your opinion, like, what do you want to focus on now? Okay. So what a lot of people fail to realize is that a boot camp really serves two purposes. It, gives you the ability to get a certification, yes, but it also gives you such a huge amount of information in such a short space of time. You kind of like get either short-circuited or you, I've heard somebody uh, mention it's like a fire hose pipe being opened up on you. Um, So I definitely experienced that. Um, So whilst I have retained a lot, a lot of information, I feel like it's necessary to sit down and go over everything. So I literally just started back from chapter one, Linux, and I'm going to go through my entire program again, sit down, um, absorb everything, reread my books. Um, But in the meantime, I've also started on my what's next. So I'm also doing a CCP and TCM security has the practical ethical hacking course, which I paid $30 for steal of a deal by the way um and that's that's like my my next step uh definitely going into hacking and i just got my badge yesterday for a seven day streak on try hack me so okay. the aim is to get to the end which is i think that um pen, pen testing box so definitely follow my socials on the code for it because i i try to like uh, update everybody on my on my progress and it's not only for me but I also use everybody's input as motivation and accountability as well okay uh, your your excitement makes me excited I'm like yeah, I jump into something. <laughs> that's what I want that, that's that's what I want I want like being able to share my story I want it it, right. it should have two purposes for for the noobs like myself um you know find find your passion and and let it be let it be your driving force if this is the industry that you want to be in and and to know that even though you you look at a screen because I've looked at screens for the past 15 weeks like what right that? and you know I've had I've had incidences where, you know, I, I slammed down the laptop and I'm like, I'm never doing this. Or this is this is not me. And, you know, you'd, you'd go online and you'd see somebody retweet a tweet or you see a post from somebody and it, you know, it was like, OK, fine. If she could do it, then I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to do it, too. Right. All right. So it says that I want my 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 journey to serve as motivation for someone that hasn't done it before. And I also want for the people that are in the industry who uh, are. 20-year veterans, 30-year veterans, or close to being burnt out, I want them to, like, look at me, see my journey, see the excitement, see the passion, and I wanted to just, like, re-spark that little thing that they probably had once long time or long time ago, they probably lost it. I want them to find that back, because as much as people think, we look up to you guys. You guys were there before us, so we are depending on you to, like, provide us with information and help and anything possible so if you know your response to a question that I have doesn't meet the excitement or there's no passion in it then it really is just uh it's gonna make me feel like I'm bothering you and I don't want to feel like I'm bothering somebody like I need to have conversations with people that are just as excited or just as passionate 
about this particular topic. So I, I just want people to like remember, go back to that time when, you know, you found that this was for you and you was excited about it and it, it's still there. Just, you know, reignite that spark all over again because you're needed. You're definitely needed. Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh, we kind of talked about it before, like so pre-show, right? So the, the reason I wanted you on was A, because uh, you actually asked me for a conversation. So typically people send me questions and nothing's wrong with that. So continue to please send questions and what have you. But uh, well, you reached out to me. I was like, yeah, ask me a question. And then your response was, and I think this is a, would be a better conversation. And then like a, a light bulb went off, right? That, that's that passion you talk about, that, that spark, where I was like, you know what? This show is usually me talking into the void. Like, let me get you on the show. Uh, and that way you can ask me the questions and then this would, you know, spark a, a pretty good conversation and it'll help out people who are also trying to get in, right? Mm-hmm. Into the industry. So I see a lot of people who, I, I got a lot of uh, connections where people are helping people, right? So like they're uh, either tagging them in a post where they know someone is a hiring manager or they're answering questions or they're, they're trying to say, hey, this is like a certification you may want to look into or something you may want to study. Uh, but I think we could do all the above and showcase you and, and your passion. Um, so that way, like, your platform right now, and I, I see you on LinkedIn. I'm not sure you have other platforms as well, but like LinkedIn is a living resume, right? So yes. like you can share this video and it can show, you know, this person is very excited and this is what they want to do. Um, so I've asked you a bunch of questions. I, I have a million more, but the premise is you're supposed to ask me questions, right? So, <laughs> you have, uh, for me. so my first, my first question would be for someone like myself with, um, and when I say zero technology, I really do mean zero as IT background, IT technology, zero to the point where before this, when I opened up my, my, my computer, my laptop, I would literally just go online to buy shoes. And now here I am, um, with, well, I would say I blindedly went into this in a fourth level, fourth tier sort of pit. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, I'm I'm job hunting, everything requires four to five years of experience. I get it now. I get it. Yes, it takes right. four to five years to get to this certification level. And I don't know, maybe by some miracle, my brain adjusted. I did make 48 hours out of a 24-hour day. So I really put in the work to be able to break down the domains, understand the domains, um, you know, did a little touching on, on exploitation tools, um, touched on Linux, touched on networking. I have all that. It's not, I have, I have no background in it though. So I can't show viable evidence that, Hey, I've been doing this for four or five years, but what I do have, as I like to call it now, is this huge four tier certificate and what do I do with it? Because nobody seems to want to pay me any kind of attention without right. having seen some sort of two-year, one-year, three-year background. It's only been 15 weeks for me. So I have no blogs to show. Um, I've been too caught up trying to understand um, subnetting to even think about a blog. Right. So my question is, what do I do in this instance? So you you answered part of your question. You are advanced for uh, your level of experience with the knowledge that you currently have, Right. So you're able to soak this stuff up like a sponge, which is, which is awesome. And that's, that's what we want to see. Um, it's a very expansive question. Uh, when it comes to the amount of years that you need for certain certifications, stuff like that, that is, is just a roadmap, right? They're saying that uh, based upon the type of information you need to know in order to obtain the certification, you would need this type of experience. Obviously, uh, it doesn't ring true for everything. Like you can, you can literally... Um, uh, be in the industry for 20 years and not be able to obtain a certain cert just mm-hmm. it, because it's so broad, right? So some things mm-hmm. are a mile wide and inch deep. That's what they call the CISP because um, there's so much information you have to absorb and usually you get that through experience. Uh, in your case, I would say uh, your passion drives you towards uh, more knowledge and that knowledge will mm-hmm. over time give you the experience. Um, apply anyway. So a lot of people will say, well, uh, you know, they send me three years, they send me five years that there aren't enough people for the amount of vacant seats that are out there. Like it, it uh, really recruiters, is intimidating. The, yeah, type recruiters. Of, the type of you read up a, a job description and you yeah. recognize some stuff and you're like, well, I saw this and I, I probably did it for five minutes in class. But, you know, you get that 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 excitement to want to do it again right. in the actual work 
field but then again it's sort of intimidating because the amount of stuff they ask for you're like you're asking yeah. for a lot and i don't have all that right now or right and don't don't lose that that passion right so the the thing is like you're trying to hit a moving target uh and that's with all of us that's even people who've been in the industry forever okay. um because recruiters are they they want to shoot from the moon right the the more experience they can pull into a position the, the higher the certifications and education it's it, it it the more bang for their buck basically uh, okay. Some of it overreaching, like they're shooting for the for the for the stars for everything. They wanna they wanna assist P with 15 years of experience, willing to take like the lowest of salaries. Like that's not gonna happen, right? And then on the reverse side, they want somebody with experience for certain systems. Uh, I saw one for like Kubernetes. They wanted like six or seven years or ten years. They they wanted more. Kubernetes just came out. <laughs> yeah, yes, and you're just like that doesn't even make sense. So the recruiter doesn't even know what they're asking for. And so, they just recently got approved for, uh, oh, I, I did some Kubicon stuff virtually too. I'm okay. like, yeah, I get in anything I can get into, okay. I get into. So, and okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sort of like a, a tech wiki, uh, <laughs> if you will, gotcha. or tech Google, if you will. Um, so they recently got approved for their certification. So now there's going to be like a, a certification course that you could take for Kubernetes. Right. And I thought that that was, that was amazing. That that was groundbreaking. Yeah. And it only and, happened recently, I think last month at Kubicon. Right. They, they and and again, and again, that, so is that passion, right? So you're, you're researching, you're learning, you know about the industry and all that stuff. You just have to get that on paper. And that kind of uh, negates some of the the years of experience they're looking for. They're looking for somebody who is passionate, someone who's knowledgeable, and somebody who's willing to learn. That, that's basically what they're looking for. But they disguise it within their their postings. So apply anyway. But I, I, I'd say um, also apply for things that may not be at that tier you're looking for. Like sometimes you have to take a step back, uh, mm. which just to get your foot in the door, right? So uh, A, you're doing the right thing by being on a platform, right? So like LinkedIn is, is great for networking. Like find those mm-hmm. people in the companies you want to work and make connections, meaningful connections where you actually are conversing with these people. Like, hey, like you did with me. Like now I just want to ask you a question. I, I want to have a conversation with you about this. Um, continuously post things that you are learning or things that you are mm-hmm. uh, experiencing. Like I, I saw your uh, your post today uh, about- um, My badge um, to try hack me. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, it shows that you have a passion, that you're working towards, that you're 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 studying on your own, and you're not, you know, uh, just just doing it just to do it. Um, and uh, again, you may have to take. Uh, and and this is not to be demeaning to people who are in help desk. I'm not trying to say that at all. But a lot of entry level positions are help desk, where you may not be pen testing, right? But you are. <laughs> within the company, you are doing things that give you a chance to find somebody who can sponsor you and have you work in a different department, or they can uh, allow you to progress as you show that you demonstrate knowledge and all these things, right? So again, I'm not knocking help desk. Like I've done help desk. Um, it's a different experience. It's very customer service driven, um, which a, a lot of people in tech don't enjoy, right? A lot of us like to be behind the door somewhere. We're, we're <laughs> far, far from the customer as possible. But with your experience, right? Like, so you talk about uh, being uh, a flight attendant. So that, that's very yeah, customer yeah, I service. Do, I do have that, that customer service orientation, retention, uh, that, that type of background. Right. But not, um, not only that, but you have to also think about uh, the other side. Like you already are very uh, disciplined and you have standard operating procedures that you would follow as well as uh, you have, like what happens in case of emergency, right? Like no one thinks about that. Like you might read to me what I need to do at the exit. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to that. Nobody so <laughs> if it really goes down, like you're the subject matter expert on the aircraft right? to get us where we need to be. And you, you need to be calm under extreme pressure because there's nothing more uh, extreme than being, you know, 30,000 feet in the air and then something goes wrong. So that, that's all stuff that you can put in your resume to show like, hey, listen, I can work in different sectors. I'm, I can work customer service. I can also mm-hmm. work maybe in your, your compliance uh compliance and governance section because uh, i'm good at learning what the the company is supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it uh, so I can, I can learn those frameworks as well as i know what to do in case of emergency right so business continuity plan disaster preparedness like what happens if there's a a man-made disaster or a hurricane or a flood 
Like you need people who are calm. Like, oh, the server room's on fire. What do we do? <laughs> a lot I mean, of you just gave like, me so much what? gems for my resume or like uh, an actual interview. Because I would have never thought, you know, to use, like I do have stuff from, from, um, from my background. Um, another great thing about the program is that we had an entire uh, part of it dedicated to professional development where we went through everything from resume building, cover building, how to, how to um, read and write in car sequence. It's, it's, it, it really, really was uh, fundamental. Um, but talking to you now and being able to like pull from those little pieces and, and integrate it into like a whole conversational piece, I would have never thought to do that. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see that working. And you also said something just now, which kind of like, I want to touch on and just segue into my next question. Yeah. Uh, you just said that not to knock the help desk rule, but I should apply for something. I can apply for something like help desk. Um, from what I've, from what I've seen, with help desk, it requires more of, um, the fundamental basics. So a lot, there's a lot of like networking in there, um, a lot of like Linux in there. And again, for me, I've touched on these things. I haven't fully had a whole comprehensive understanding of doing it and playing around with it and how it works. Um, again, mostly if you, if you go to take the SISA exam, the brunt of it is these five domain topics. So right. most of most of my 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 knowledge base and my classroom knowledge base would have been circumnavigating around those five domain topics. So that's where my stronger skill set lies. Um, and again, so if I were to apply for like a help desk role and they started, they wanted to give me an assessment and send tickets and have me doing, uh, you know, things that are out of the ordinary, like um, networking right. and firewalls and stuff like that. There's very little that I can do. Um, but as opposed to if I were given, um, package to read, logs to read and, 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 um, NIST questions and, and OSWAP and applications and stuff like that, that's pretty much where the brunt of my, my, my knowledge lies again. Yes, I know you <laughs> were supposed to start at security. I mean, sorry, network plus and then security. And I really wish that there was someone to tell me, stop, we can't start you off at SISA. Go back down, go back down, two notches down, and then you'll figure it on on the way up. It's a path. Um, I really wish that there was some way or someone to tell me, hey, you can't go this far without zero with, without with zero knowledge, because it really kind of comes around to like bite you in the butt, sort of. Because now I feel like I'm really, really struggling to try to find a position in tech and. Right. Yes, I'm certified for this position, but I cannot yet perform this position because I don't. I lack requirements, and even if I try to downgrade and go down, I haven't had that much time building the foundation for the fundamentals. So at some point, I'm still incapable of performing to that level that you would need me to perform at. So, question again: Do I just opt for? maybe on onboarding with internship or apprenticeship type program is that what i should be doing at this point while still furthering my studies um or should i just do a whole broad range hey apply to anybody and everybody and who takes me then we'll see what happens so this is hard to say right um because like like i said earlier i think i alluded to this like it's a ever-moving target so in in your case I think that you would you would do fine uh, with most companies uh, within that scope and working your way up to the the pen test. Like like you've touched a lot of key areas already. You just may not recognize it. They can't sure be kind of intimidating. Like because like every every job uh, at advertisement is is meant to be uh, intimidating to try to weed people out. Um, okay, you know way more than you think you know um, because of the certification that you currently have. Like you may need a little bit of broadening. Uh, a lot of that is OJT, right? It's on-job mm-hmm. training. A lot of that will be OJT. However, uh, there's stuff that you can accomplish on your end, like through, uh, there's training on LinkedIn, there's uh, Cyberry, like free training okay. where you can show, like I have a certificate. It's not a certification, right? But it's a certificate where I have completed these things. I know Linux, uh, I know um, 
uh, a little bit about networking. security, right. a, little, mm-hmm. a little bit about networking, things of that nature. So yes, you you did skip a couple steps, but I don't I don't believe that's a knock. I don't I don't believe that's going to pigeonhole you or stop you from doing anything. If anything, it shows like, um, hey, I understand at a higher level how these things are supposed to work theoretically. Now I just need to put my hands on it to uh, to demonstrate it, and you can do that. Uh, through labbing, you can do that through a lot of different things. Like the virtual environment is, is close enough to the real environment where you can compensate by just learning more. You can do that while applying for these jobs. So I wouldn't wait um, to start applying, but I, I also would warn you, a lot of people will tell you that they've applied to a multitude of jobs and been turned mm-hmm. down. Uh, you can't let it discourage you because you have to think there's because they keep advertising that there's a, a million open seats, there's a million people trying to fill those seats. So like like the floodgates have opened. Like before cybersecurity was a very, uh, like no one knew what it was. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. work security? Like they thought that you worked at like, like actual security, <laughs> like physical security. <laughs> yeah. So now, now it's become more mainstream. So everybody's trying to jump in, uh, but there will always be positions and, and you'll be surprised on, based upon your life experience, like the, the stuff we talked about, right? The things that you mm-hmm. can make practical as well as the things that you now bring to the table with your certification, the, the combination, you will find employment. It just may not be exactly what you want off the, off the top, just to be realistic with you. Um, that goes for anybody who's, who's currently in um, cyber. Uh, you, you may have to do a different position. Like you might have to do something that's more uh, compliance or you may have to do something that's more um, to do with regulation or you, you may have to do help desks, or you may have to do configuration management where you're actually touching servers and things of that nature. And a lot of that uh, doesn't require you to have to pay for a certification. It just requires that you can express that you have that knowledge and you can show your passion towards learning. Because um, to be honest with you, like just, just like when I mentioned, like they want a CISP to take like a, a pay cut, right? We want you to have all these years, but we're going to give you this little bit of, uh, this little bit of money. Um, they are being greedy. So I'm just going to put it out there. Like I'm not a recruiter, never been a recruiter. I'm not trying right. to shade at them, but they are being greedy because the floodgates are open, but they need to fill these positions regardless. So you will find employment. Oh, that part I know. One way or the other, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to come. Um, uh, <laughs> so pretty much when you're applying to be a flight attendant there's a series of interviews that you go through you do an assessment right. you do the you throw in your resume they send you an assessment and then they do something which is called a vi which is a video interview okay. and then you do and then you then you do an f to f which is a face-to-face interview and then they're on the spot there they'll either award you a cjo conditional job offer then you go to training then you do something called an ioe which is a onboard initial experience. And then you're like, hey, you can say I'm a flight attendant. Um, Delta, when they open up their application window, they get hit with something something anywhere close between 62, could be 100,000 resumes. Gotcha. Most of the times they only grab 1,000. So nice. out of that, out of that 1,000, <laughs> only a thousand sorry is hired and that that that's that's you going through all those things all the interview assessments that I mentioned before to get to that part um so I've applied to a lot of regional regional airlines and the big four Delta American United and um JetBlue and it's after being constantly turned down you get used to this didn't work out for me, I'm going to try again. This one didn't work out for me, I'm going to try again. So I'm no stranger to you're not going to get hired. I'm no stranger to it's going to take a while to get hired. Um, I tend to more focus on the other part of the glass, half full, half empty part. So I tend to always try to put myself in that mental frame where let me not focus on the negative. Let me find what's the positive out of it. The positive out of it is that over the years, I've figured out the assessments, learned how to do them, worked on, you know, positioning myself in the camera properly, speaking into the camera properly, worked on my, my physical introduction skills, being friendly, making sure to smile. And, you know, after a while, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can ace one of those interviews easily now. Um, and I, I just say that, say that a lot of people, they get turned down and, and, you know, within 
two, three interviews and you're like, okay, this is not for me. And you know, you run to go to like another industry, but don't let that be the defining factor for you. Don't let that be the end of it. If this is something that you absolutely want to do, take from those interviews, take from why they didn't hire you, take from it, work on it and go again. So, you know, that, and that leads me to ask you a question. So have you looked into, because uh, you call them the big four, right? The big four airlines. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you looked into their uh, cybersecurity and uh, uh, information technology postings since you already? Oh, absolutely. Been- because I thought that it would be easier because um, I understand, first of all, I understand the aircraft right. in its entirety outside, inside. Um, I'm also a pilot, a student pilot. So I know a little bit more than the average. Um, and I've worked on planes before. I, and I also know the airline industry. It's ins and outs, it's lingos. Um, it's just a matter of who grants me the interview. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've definitely applied. Um, I don't think I reached out to anyone that I know personally. Uh, I feel like that was going to be my next um let me just try to apply it regularly and if that doesn't right. work if nothing catches then i'd probably like start hunting down hiring managers or people that i know in the industry you know say hey can you like do something for me that kind of thing but um i would i would love to go back into the airline industry i mean there's perks so <laughs> right. uh you know discounted travel and stuff like that and it's it, it, it's definitely an industry that has my heart as well um, but I still try to remain as, as open-minded as possible. Um, anybody that's willing to take me in, I am all yours and, um, it's, it's only going to get better from there on. Right. right. I can't see it going any other way. Right. And what about, uh, the, um, BOD sector? Have you looked into any of those positions? Um, cause you, no. you have a higher level, you have a higher level cert already. Um, so there's something called 8570, um, where the DOD uh, requires you to have certain certifications to work on DOD systems, right? So, um, well, I tell you, plus is one. Yeah, so SEC plus, net plus. I, I think I want to say um, uh, CYSA plus is a tier four. Right. But in DOD, I think because there's only so many tiers in, in DOD, it's like IAM and IAT, level one, level two. I think it's a level two. I think like CISP will be level three and I want to say like A plus is level one. So I think you fall in between. I think you fall at a level two, which is really good. There's lots of positions for that, right? Um, so usually your SEC plus, uh, CCNA security, I think, CYSA, I'll have to look it up. But um, if you go to LinkedIn uh, jobs, you put your zip code in and you put in 8570, a yeah. lot of those DOD contracts will pop up that are in the area. And a lot of them are not on bases. Like there's a lot of contractors that support bases remotely, or there's just um, uh, just bigger companies like your 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 Jacobs, your Lockheeds, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they all have the same DOD requirements in order to get a position. Would it require uh, you to have U.S. citizenship, or would residency work? Uh, no, residency should work. So okay. uh, when it comes to jobs that require clearances, then that's when things the security you. clearance, okay? Right. But if you don't require a clearance to do the job, which a lot of them don't. Um, a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, then that may be also an avenue to look into. And from my experience, um, they're not the highest paying jobs. Because um, again, there's perks with it, right? So to work in uh, a government contract uh, sometimes nets you more pay or it may net you the ability to get a clearance or it may net you certain certain perks that come with it. Or uh, okay. the, the, the employer may pay for more certifications, education, things of that nature. Um, but it might be something you want to look into. And I've, I've met a, a few people that use this as a stepping stone, right? Like once you get into the government, um, you can, it's upper mobility from there. From there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may, you may go from being a contractor to being a, a GS civilian. Um, and then that has its benefits as well. And a pretty good pension at the, at the, uh, the end of it. I didn't think about that. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's called um, 8570 is the, uh, the requirement. The number is going to change because that's what mm-hmm. we do in the oh. DOD you change everything right but right now it's still 8570 kind of like um, u.s immigration every month yeah but yeah <laughs> check, check check into it uh and see if that may be something that interests you as well and again it, you know it's a foot in the door it may not be exactly what you're looking for but we uh and i keep saying we 
But in the DOD sector, uh, there's everything compliance um, to pen testing to um, uh, security management, like mm, the full good. spectrum. And um, what are your thoughts on blogs? How relevant is it to, am I supposed to, because I keep getting, do you have a blog or where where's your work? And, right. you know, I mean, I looked at GitHub one time and I got a, I got a migraine, Excedrin didn't work for that. So I, I absolutely am like, I'm never getting, you know, never say never, but I'm never getting a GitHub. Um, I have no interest in that page at all. Um, right. But, you know, it, it comes up every ever so often. And being in the industry, you see people posting a lot like, hey, go to my blog, uh, buy me a coffee. Funny story. I actually thought buy me a coffee was literally to like go and get someone a Starbucks or a Dunkin Donuts card and like <laughs> physically give it to them or scratch the code. <laughs> this is me thinking buy me a coffee like four weeks into InfoSec. And then I realized that, oh, that's what buy me a coffee is. Right. Okay. Glad to know. Um but yeah, is it what? What is your what are your thoughts on a, are we supposed to blog or we're not supposed to blog or it's, it doesn't so, really matter? So it depends on how how you decide to do your networking. So for me, it's it's video content, right? Video and audio content. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I need to blog? No. Uh, could I? Yes. Is this about finding the time to do something? Right. Um, that can take you a path to other things. Um, so I've seen people who went from. LinkedIn to doing blogs to then um, taking their talents to um, I think I think it's pronounced Fiverr where people can mm-hmm. pay you yeah to, pay you to blog pay you to post pay you to review certifications and write about it uh, it could be anywhere from um, fifty word blog to or fifty word post to hundred word post to a thousand word post and people have pay rates like it's just a different source of income different revenue it's stream. the whole thing okay it's a, it's a whole thing but at the bare essence of it, right? The blog is just to to show people that you're passionate and you, you're learning things and you want to talk about things. Um, so from your perspective, it will be you trying to showcase just more of your personality to employers and potential connections. Uh, if somebody who's already in the industry, it may be um, for me to uh, reach out to people who are trying to get in the industry. So like, I maybe I should have a blog. Am I going to have one anytime soon? No. <laughs> like me and GitHub. Yeah. It helps. Like GitHub is also a, a good a good one to uh, to get into. I don't have that either. Um, it's just whatever you feel comfortable with. Like like maybe your thing will be uh, blogging, or maybe your thing will be making video content. Like you might want to make some videos where you talk about your experience getting your certification. Um, and it just helps people just to to learn who you are. You know, like okay. I, I feel like it requires so much, so much. I'm an I'm an avid overthinker, by the way, and I feel like it requires. A lot of a lot of thought on, on on my end. First of all, if I decided that I wanted to do anything, it would definitely have to be something that sets me apart from the rest. Right. Um, but then again, every time you hit an infosec blog, it's you you literally can see the repeat pattern from from everyone. Hey, little introduction about myself. Hey, uh, I'm a pen tester. Hey, I do hack. Um, try hack me. I'm I'm hacking the box. I'm number one here. Right, um, right. Hey, Linux networking fundamentals. Um, so for me, I uh, things like that. I try. I try to like. I tend to stray a little way from. So I feel like it would require like a little sit down and have like a couple staff meetings in my head um, about exactly what direction we're gonna go in, how to set my blog apart from everybody else's, because I I really am a stickler for like the repetitive and mundane stuff. Right. Um, and I know personally, I wouldn't last long if my blog was to, uh, developed the same way, like the average uh, infosec student, uh, teacher, pen tester, you name it, a person's blog looks like. Um, so yeah, there's 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 definitely a, an idea, but it it just has to be something that really pops and is not like everybody else's. I'm not saying that I'm gonna like bring circus animals and and, and have right. conversations with them, <laughs> but definitely something that you know, it's a little bit unconventional. I, I would probably yeah. want to go for. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say if, if that's what was appealing to you, like people can tell if you don't want to do something, right? So if that's not mm-hmm. what you do, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't do it. But if it's something you want to experiment with, then, you know, by all means. Um, but um, whatever you decide to do, whether it be to go into multimedia, doing video and audio or to, to write something or what have you, uh, I always go off of... Um, 
a saying my mentor said, uh, done is better than perfect because perfect is never done. So you don't want to do anything half-assed, but you don't want to be in your head for too long, like, because you will never do it. Uh, if you shoot for perfection, you'll just never obtain it. That's, that's not the, the end goal. The, the end, I, end goal I is, get it is sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you get there, but uh, you know, it's, 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 that's, that's life. So I'm that's also a pastry chef and um, I do my, my uh, I do have an Instagram page, uh, little Miss Muffin Cup and okay. it, it showcase, I, I showcase my baking skills and talents over there. Um, so definitely that perfectionist part does does come out because when you are you know creating works of art like I call it you definitely need to have that that little perfectionist instinct to make sure that that every uh, flower is in place you know the sides are smoothened the cake is not tilted um, so sometimes you can achieve that but then I also get it because there's been many nights when I've been up till three o'clock in the morning fighting with a cake because it just wouldn't look the way that I want it to look and I would literally have to have someone in my household come downstairs and say okay it's perfect the way it is leave it alone stop obsessing over it so I get it I, I do get that part um but just back to the blogging if we may how influential is it um in determining your career in terms of where hired managers take a look at it or is that how you get like a foot in the door or is it like a maybe maybe not type thing uh no, not necessarily, unless that's that's your career path. Like if you plan on on technical writing or something like that, like maybe that will be where you showcase your talents. But if you're just trying to make connections and get your foot in the door, it's not necessary. Um, if anything, it's an added bonus, maybe. Maybe that'll catch somebody's attention. Maybe they're a blog reader. Um, but the most of my connections are are more organic, right? I see you in the industry doing something, uh, either because LinkedIn is push and pull. So either I see you in a position where I like you could potentially help me and I'm interested in what you're doing, mm-hmm. or I see you're a person trying to do something I'm currently doing and I want to pull you into that position. So it's a lot of push and pull. And it's about just making those organic connections. Like instead of just connecting and not saying anything, like say something to them. Like in our case, you asked me a question. You asked for a conversation. Um, and that, that's more appealing. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's move on because I have so much questions. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, when it comes to uh, certifications and gaining certifications, especially uh, renewals, mm-hmm. uh, for, so for my certificate, it's, it has a, a three-year span. And at the back of my head, I keep thinking that by the time I get a job, it's going to be three years already. Um, do I do I need to renew the certificate? Do I need to? And I, I hear a lot of people often say you find the certificates prevalent to the industry that you want to be in um don't go crazy over certifications because certifications matter but they don't matter um they don't matter that much unless you you want to upgrade your position and you want to apply for a new job so is that actually a thing or so so you you can be over certified yes that that is a thing you see people who have like a string of characters after their name where you have like 15 certifications and not in the same thing. You know what I mean? Like they just, they like taking tests or they're really good at taking tests. I'm not trying to knock those people like, you know, more power to you. I would say get the certifications that are relevant to what you want to do. Um, I like network infrastructure. That's my bread and butter, right? That's what the military paid me to do. And from there, I got a passion for cybersecurity. So you'll see I have infrastructure certifications I have uh, cybersecurity certifications in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have, I have my CISP, Security Plus, um, CEH. Like those, that's the pipeline I'm trying to get into, right? Um, also, have my PMP. I like planning things, like the, the military. No slice up yet. Hmm? No slice What? One more time. <laughs> no slice No, I don't. I don't have it. Nope. Okay. Man, nope. that exam is. Crazy. I have. Ugh. Uh, what do I have? Um, but you have the CEH. Yes, I have CEH. So I have Sec Plus, Net Plus, mm-hmm. uh, and CISP. Those are all from the the government. Um, they they um, I, I took the time to uh, to say I wanted them. They took the time to give me the money to accomplish it, and I, I made it happen. Right, and I have experience in those sectors. CEH was because of my masters. So Western Governors, um, one of the classes you have to obtain your CEH. 
Um, and then CHFI is optional. So I took that class as well, but I did not get that certification. I just wasn't okay. interested at the time for it. Uh, again, I'm picking, picking and choosing, right? And mm-hmm. I have a CCNA because infrastructure, network infrastructure was my, my, my bread and butter. That's what the government paid me to do. Okay. Um, and then I, had, I got my PMP because I was a planner for a couple of years where I did exercise planning. Uh, and I just, I, I like, like, so it's weird. I like those type of processes. I like, like, this is how you get from point A to point B. And then having the um, latitude to, uh, you know, make things a little bit spicy in between, like, okay, like, instead of me being bored, how do I want to accomplish this task this time? But I still have those principles, those PMI principles on how this is how planning works. And then I have some I latitude in there. Um, but again, these are all things I'm interested in. I don't, I don't take certification just to take them. So right now mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, Microsoft Azure because I'm very uh, blind to cloud. Like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that will not go away and it's only getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And I want to do security in the cloud. So now I'm taking the fundamentals of Azure to learn how cloud works so that I can secure it, right? So taking that was that my reason for doing the CCP to because from I mean again I'm probably going to say this a million times throughout our talk because I feel like it just always comes up as part of the conversation I'm I'm so new to this so I'm always accepting of of any kind of advice or criticism or anything so I feel like it's like my little disclaimer anyways I'm new to this so um (laughs) then I just like went into what I want to say I thought that because my, my my certification is a blue certification, that it made sense to go for a red. And then I wanted to do some cloud stuff when I started the CCP. And that was my little idea of becoming uh, well-rounded in the industry. Right. Because I feel like they all coupled with each other. Um, and, and, and that would make me very diverse overall. I don't, I don't know if that's, a good thing or that's how you do it or it's not it's not a bad thing if that's if that's what interests you i would i would say um it's a it's a tough one right because uh you you may want to grab something a little bit lower only not because you have to but just Mm -hmm. fundamentals right like um you understand things at a higher level right now but you may have gaps that you may want to fill uh, and again, you don't have to pay for every certification. Like, there's a lot of just classes that get you a certificate that shows like you went through the trouble to learn this right. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't discourage you from doing it. Um, but as you go through and apply to these jobs, and they hopefully give you feedback, uh, they may if you keep hearing the same thing like we want you to do this or we wish you had that. Because uh, I, I have a friend now he's he's having issues um, because he has experience. And no certifications and a high level degree. So you're like, well, based upon, yeah, you're, you're all over the place. So it makes it really hard, hard to place you mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a particular, uh, you know, subset of cyber or IT. We kind of want you to go back and fill in some gaps. Um, so it may be easier for the, for you to do that now than do that in the future. But, right. um, but I know. also believe that, that being a, uh, um, whether you're like a great ten, a pen tester or you're great or you're great a red team or blue team, I feel like it's 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 necessary to have the advantage of knowledge of how both sides work as well, right. um, offensive true. as well as defensive. Um, so that was also only after I discovered that my certificate was blue, and then I I realized that oh okay no I'm not blue I'm more red purple. Um, that pretty much pushed me into now that I'm done with that blue, let me go run after all my red suits. Well, let me just run down the red lane and see what I can do with that. Right. Um, but I'm, 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 you know, but I, I, I definitely feel like to, to perform at your best, it's, it's necessary to, to have knowledge of both fields and how, and and how they work as well and I just thought you know because we're in 2021 and everything is going into the cloud let me at least grab something cloud and maybe you know if I can't get into cybersecurity, if I can't get into anything in that industry maybe my little cloud certificate get me into something and I'm still there as as to not entirely give up on my dream 
um but then also everything is going into the cloud so it's it, it kind of like a win-win it's like a hey why not you just go ahead and grab this and have it there too yeah and, and i don't see anything wrong with that um i don't think that's a problem like from from my perspective it wouldn't be a problem if, if you went that route um it's just I think you're qualified now, to be honest with you. Like with passion experience, <laughs> now a certification. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not discouraging you from pursuing it. Like definitely pursue it. But I, I definitely think you should be, um, it should be something you do after work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you should, you should already be in, in the, in the sector doing the work um, because of how passionate you are. And because you, you do have a, a lot of knowledge. Like I feel like uh, if there maybe, was a position that allowed me to talk. <laughs> exactly if there was a position that said hey we just need you to come in and talk to some people about such and such and such i'd be like oh my gosh yes that's that's me um uh, ask me to touch something tell me to run a whole nasa scan uh i'd probably be on a three-way call with you know one of my classmates or my um, my teacher like guys so they said i gotta run a whole nasa scan what am i looking for again that kind of thing right but tell me to have a conversation with somebody on hardening their hardening their system and i'll come in and i'll be like oh okay fine so the first thing you want to do is you want to run a on credential scan let's see you know what your vulnerabilities are and then you know you perform another one then you you know that kind of thing like i could carry this for a whole conversation like i've been doing this for years but i've always been an avid lover of books and reading so reading became my go-to for everything we'd be doing lessons in class and i'd have one screen open with 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 zoom and the other screen on 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 google and as fast as my teacher said something i'm googling i'm coming up with answers i'm coming up with questions which which also made me a very well-rounded and resourceful person because i was able to understand password but i was able to read it in such a short space of time i was able to give feedback and ask questions as well um and I feel like, you know, when everybody in big asks me, like, how'd you pass that exam with no knowledge? Because it's a really difficult exam. Such a difficult exam. It really is a difficult exam to pass. I, I tend to say, you know what, I made 48 hours out of one 24-hour day because I literally did nothing but eat, sleep, read, tech, anything cybersecurity related. I was up in the morning, six o'clock, reading news, reading articles, you know, pulling up pages from Oswap and this and you know on Sundays when everybody was out with their family members I was doing a workshop um you know things like introduction to networking um, mobile exploitations uh pawning stuff like that you know I I was doing all of these things I was super active on all my social media outlets I joined the DEFCON group for New Jersey when to a meeting learn to pick locks <laughs> like okay. i did everything under the sun i volunteered virtually for the texas cyber summit um and literally when i say from that day when i discovered that ad about cybersecurity and i went down that rabbit hole i have not been able to find myself back out i'm just like so engrossed in everything tech wise cybersecurity infosec it's it's literally like consumed my life but not in a bad way i'm i'm never regretful for any moment i love meeting people i love talking about it i love learning um and and i i definitely do have a a deep-seated passion for it um but to anybody that that you know feels that way and goes into it just as hard as i did please just remember your health comes first because i tend to forget that a lot sometimes awesome but yeah that that is definitely I would say don't get burnt out. So <laughs> that is a lot, but no. So you, I mean, you overcame and you persevered. Uh, you learned a lot, uh, and it, it just goes more into that that passion, right? So I, I think the only thing that you're missing now is just the uh, experience, um, and not in a bad way. Just like now, you need to just get in there and start getting experience because a, a lot of what we do is OJT, right? Because it's all new. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone can say, Hey, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. And then they're going to have you come in and they're going to show you how to do X, Y, and Z, even though you already said you could do it because this company does it differently. Or, or, you know, we have a different software, um, suite that we do it with, 
or we pull reports this way or, you know, X, Y, and Z. So even if you move from one company to another company doing the same job, it may be different, uh, especially when you're doing DOD versus uh, private sector type type work. Um, so it's all about getting your foot in the door. And I, I don't think you're going to have an issue with that, especially um, with your ability to network and your, uh, mm-hmm. your passion for it. Um, and I, I want to have you on again once you do get in the industry. So Yay, I'll be glad to. And now I have my final question. Okay. um so when you look at job descriptions is it important I know it's important to be able to understand what's needed what's required but in terms of again I gotta go with size of um when I look at job descriptions there's tools that you use for uh, like uh, scanning packing losing mercy for example but I've realized that if I went through 50 different job descriptions, they all were requiring you to have knowledge of tools. It's it's a wide range of tools that can be used for vulnerabilities and stuff like that. Um, how do you narrow down which ones are the ones that you absolutely need to use or need to learn to use? Do you narrow it down? I mean, clearly, Yes, I can see that there's a way to learn all, but relatively no. So yes. how do you how do you narrow down which which ones are the ones that you absolutely are going to be one hundred percent sure that okay, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do that. How do you do that? There, there really is no defined list. To be honest with you, um, uh, there's some bleed over. So certain tools are similar to other tools, right? There, there's different categories. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if you if you go through CH or CHFI, there's there's certain um, uh, forensics uh, tools, certain um, uh, how you how you clone a drive. This the type of software you use to clone a drive, things of that nature. But uh, there is no predefined list. It would be more of you doing a little bit of research on the tool. Okay. Um, asking for uh, before you get to the interview process so i'm not telling you to stretch the truth but nothing wrong with clicking a button and then doing the research right the yeah because like one one ad had you know they want you to have knowledge with um rapid seven and i'm just like oh, i've had a rapid seven in my life before what is what is rapid seven and then you know you'll see other ones and they're like they want you to have Splunk, they want you to have nessus they want you to have burp suite then you look at another one and they're asking for um cal uh, metasploitable and an nmap and you know so it's like okay i know these i've seen them before right and then after a couple more descriptions and researches, your mind still kind of goes back to the whole up. Do I need to learn Rapid 7? Like, Because maybe I saw it again. So now I'm just like, do I need to learn Rapid 7? Because I've never heard of Rapid 7 before. So now that I've seen it in two of these applications that I want to submit, do I go like, but like you said, I just click on it, read it up, and that's that's pretty much it. And then lab, lab it up. So, because, you know what I mean? Like, so... It's 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 hard to uh, for me to articulate. Like you can't know every single tool. It's just not possible. Um, right. And they're going to ask you for some some off the wall stuff sometimes. You're not supposed to lie about it. So you're not lying. It's just that you don't have hands on experience with it outside of a virtual environment, which mirrors a real environment. So no, you're you're not uh, a um, forensics analyst with five years of experience. Uh, but neither was the person five years ago. Like they had to learn the tool. And what have you. And uh, even though they're asking you to have uh, extensive knowledge sometimes of the tool, you may not be able to obtain it. Like there's certain tools that you can't even own, like <laughs> unless you're unless you have access from the company, right? It's just right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's about you coming in with knowledge. Like I have a lot of t- of of uh, of technical knowledge, and I have a little bit of experience because I've touched it. And then you can explain that in the, in the, the job interview okay. process. Yeah, because uh, some of them require you to have like a membership to 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 learn it as well or to the platform and i'm just like i'm not paying 138 something dollars a year to use this if i gotta learn it like right right and then a lot of that stuff is just recommendations like uh there's going to be some things that are hard-coded like you must have these requirements in order to apply there's nothing you can do to get around that but if okay. it says recommendation and it's something that you can you can research and then lab up 
if possible. If not, then just do some research. Like I understand how this tool is supposed to work. And I found a version, a light version, or I found a similar version. I found mm-hmm. his cousin <laughs> and I played around with that. Uh, and you're going to get hands-on experience when you get in the company. Gotcha. How do you get over the fear of breaking a VM? What do you say? How do you get over the fear of breaking a VM? Like, I'm scared. Like, I, I have the, I have VMware. I have VirtualBox. I have Windows, Ubuntu, Kali, Metasploitable, Fossapop. I have a whole bunch of stuff. But I am scared to run, like, the really hard stuff on them. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, if I break this VM, I, I don't know what to do. How do you get over the fear of, because, you know, you have to break stuff, especially if you're going to do red team and you break stuff, you put it back together, you fix it. That That's basically what hacking is all about. How do you get over that fear of, oh my God, I'm going to break this VM. I don't want to break this VM. But is it, is it yours or is it is someone else's? Is the no, question. it's mine. It's, it's mine. Yeah, and break it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so once you, once you get in, it, it becomes, it's different, right? Like, it's like, uh, it's more of the fear of like, am I going to take down production? <laughs> like, and you always have that fear. Like, what happens if I take down production? Like, this is like the live network. Like, what happens? Right. If I do- you know how many times I've taken down production? <laughs> but <It's> I, <laughs> the, things, the things you get away with as like, again, uh, as, a, as an entry-level uh, position, like as an airman, they give us a lot of room to fail. And okay. I, I have taken down I don't even know if I should say this on, on air. <laughs> You've multiple broken bases, some stuff. Okay. Multiple bases. Because <laughs> I worked at an enterprise level, right? And uh, oh my I, was, gosh. I had to I had to patch something and I pushed it out and it went a little bit too far. And I took down, let's say, a quarter of the Air Force. <laughs> but no way. See, that, that's like a literal quickly. fear of mine, like a whole, like I fear that with my whole heart. Like, okay, the fact that not even am I in a in a seated position at an organization yet, but just seated in front of my own laptop, like, oh my gosh, I do not want to break this. If I break this, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I guess I could like restart the whole thing and scrap it because that's that's what it's there for. But I just have this fear of of you know, it's it's like a little mental block in the back of my head. So I'll just go on Cali and like type in a couple lines and not even not even script just like literal commands i'll be like okay i i touched my vm for the day that's it that's about i'm done oh no you gotta take that thing no down. ctf no nothing it's it's the it's the process of uh of learning right you're gonna fail and then now now you've gotten to the point where you need to you need the lab you need to explore you need to break things mm-hmm. uh but you're always failing forward right because you're learning something new you're like okay i won't that's do that true. again or at least I won't do that. And then, you know, before you get to production, like, you know what, last time I did that, everything broke. <laughs> I should probably avoid that. Um, so that way that in the future, you don't take down uh, production, but it happens. Like um, you will plan and you will have a backup plan. And you will have a plan to plan for the plan. Uh, and mistakes happen. Accidents happen. It's just a matter of making them small. Um, so that way you don't cost the company, you know, millions of dollars. <laughs> okay it starts with you breaking your own stuff all right I'm, I'm i'm gonna set a date in mind that I'm, I'm gonna break my vm by that date yeah you'll be surprised and then you get really good at rebuilding things like because the quicker you get back into production the better right like you don't want to lose uh too much time so um that is a goal <laughs> go break something and then mm-hmm. uh it, it i thought i spin. broke mine but it just needed an update so it's definitely not broken <laughs> right but uh got any other questions uh no i'm all questioned out can you believe that okay no that's good that's, that's <laughs> a good place to be uh, uh again in the future if you ever have any questions you can uh feel free to reach out i do want to get you on again as you make that progression right so I, I definitely will stay uh glued to your page and see as you you move up and whatnot but then once you get in and you feel comfortable i'd like to get you back on so you can talk about your experience oh yeah uh, and again, feel free to ask questions. Um, I guess this, this is the part where I, I sell myself, right? So if you're thank out you so there, much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So if you're out there and you're and you're like uh, uh, Tish and you you have questions um, and you want answers, just feel free to ask me questions. If I get you on the show, that's great. If you just 
you know, want to ask the question in the email form, you can ask the question in the email form. But that's what this platform is here for, right? So the, the other side of the firewall is uh, to showcase those people who are already in those C-suite uh, and senior level positions, right? Those, those people who look like us, who are the 7 or 9% or where we're at right now, like a very small percentage of people who have that influence and that knowledge. This the SSSP is the exact opposite, right? This is us pulling in people who uh, have questions, want to get into the industry. Like you came from a totally different sector and now you want to do something different, right? You have a passion mm-hmm. for it. We want to showcase that as well. And then hopefully this helps you uh, to network and, uh, you know, uh, get some of those doors to open up. So Absolutely. join the, the team. So I thank yeah. you for your time. I'm going to get t-shirts that says Tish the Badass Pentester <laughs> for my next there visit. You <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll buy one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I hope this helps you. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, no, thank you. This was so informative and well needed. It, it definitely cleared up a lot of questions. I'm glad we were able to, you know, do a whole Q&A session as opposed to me sending you 55 questions. So yeah. uh, this dialogue was definitely needed much better than I anticipated. So thank you so much for that. All right. No problem. So anytime. Uh, and then for everybody else listening, uh, please hit the website, www.theothersideofthefirewall.com. So you get to our social medias. You can find me personally. I'm at RyRy Security Guy. That's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy. I'm on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And you have any anywhere you want people to uh, reach you at? Uh, mostly LinkedIn, uh, Matisha Harper, and uh, my handle on Twitter is Lil Ms. Muffin Cup, L-I-L-M-Z-M-U-F-F-I-N-C-U-P. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I, yep, that's it, correct. And it's the same for Instagram if you want sweet treats. <laughs> and I ship cakes. I ship this thing called a cake in a jar. It's literally an eight ounce jar with cake and icing, and it can be shipped anywhere in the country. And I have like six beautiful flavors. Delicious, actually. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll grab all your descriptions and we'll put them in on, on the uh, the video as well so people can reach sure. out to you. Okay, Talk works for me. This was good. Yeah, so stay safe, stay secure. <laughs>